Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. This is Friday, the 12th day of May in the year of our Lord, 2023. Empires live and empires die just like people. But is it possible to rein in the empire and save the republic before it dies or leads us into World War III? Is there anyone willing and able to speak the truth, ask the right questions about what this government is doing, why it is doing it? In politics today, politicians in general almost never do anything helpful. They usually do the opposite of the thing that would be most helpful. Is there any politician out there today who is willing to ask the right questions to rein in the empire, possibly save the republic? I did get some very encouraging words from the announcement speech of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He said one of his goals was to end the divide. But so far, nobody can find a good or safe way out of that divide. He would do that, end the divide, that is, by encouraging people to talk about the values that we have in common rather than the values that keep us apart. Most importantly, he said, quote, I'm going to do that by telling the truth to the American people, end quote. Well, that would be a pleasant change, wouldn't it? Because it's now difficult or impossible to hear a politician tell the truth about anything. The truth can be a very shocking thing. So rare, it's hardly ever recognized for what it is. Normally, the truth is maligned or put down as a conspiracy theory because we simply cannot or will not accept the shocking nature of it. Like truth, trust in government is extremely rare, very hard to find these days. In 1960, trust in government was 80% of the people, but today it's 22%. A recent poll done by ABC News showed 36% of the people polled said they were satisfied with Joe Biden's performance as president, but only 33% believe him to be honest and trustworthy. I suspect that people are just tired of it all. They're tired of the government sending drag queens to recruit new sailors for the Navy, expecting that Navy to go out and confront the Chinese Navy in the Pacific. It just doesn't make any sense. People want to know Why we're doing it, the high cost of war and maintaining the empire or the military security intelligence state should make us question it, even if we think it's doing the right thing. What do we give up or forego when we send over $100 billion in weapons and money to Ukraine? Mr. Kennedy says he's willing to ask those questions. And in fact, he proposes bringing America's $1.5 trillion empire project to a close. He is a breath of fresh air because he's breaking the ties of the Democrat-Republican woke war agenda as it has been proposed and conducted for decades. His proposals would present the dirty truth to the American people and get them out of the empire business. He proposes to bring the troops home, close many of America's approximately 750 foreign military bases. Do we really need them, he asked. And if you say we do, then what purpose do they serve? Do they make us safer or less safe? Under the proposal, much of the military security intelligence budget would be saved throughout my lifetime. The powers that be, the global elite, however you choose to refer to them, have been very good at putting America and with it the whole world in positions that make war inevitable. Well, guess what? Once war is inevitable, we get war. War benefits many as just as it destroys many in our system of bottomless credit. Money to pay for it all is just a computer keystroke away, but it all goes on the balance sheet as dead. Ultimately, as Mr. Kennedy explained in his announcement speech, 
It amounts to a system of socialism for the rich and a grinding, relentless capitalism for the poor. It is all those poor middle-class people who have been destroyed by the system who could ultimately support him, but only if they hear him. If the mainstream media continues to shut him out, he will have to find other avenues if he is to be heard. He was recently invited to Hillsdale College to speak to them about covid the vaccines, and the pharmaceutical industry in general. I watched his speech, I believe, on YouTube. I recommend you watch it as well. The 48 Minutes contains the dark, dirty truth that I have been talking about. It gives the listener the yet unrevealed truth about how the virus was enhanced first in American labs, then when forced offshore to Wuhan, China. He describes how Tony Fauci led National Institute for Health-funded gain-of-function research at about 150 American colleges to make naturally existing viruses more lethal to humans. Why? Why would we do such a thing? Why would the National Institute of Health do that? <clears throat> Why do that, which would obviously put humanity in danger? The answer is so the viruses could be used as bioweapons. It was a way to avoid the international bans of bioweapons which made such research and development the equivalent of war crimes. He states plainly, unequivocally, that after 40 years of litigation against pharmaceutical companies and having seen their internal documents, they are, quote, criminal enterprises, every one of them, end quote. Listen to the speech, I promise you. You will be shocked. The truth is worth it, folks. I think it is the only way back to sanity and to a republic instead of an empire. Kennedy's stated commitment to the truth involves allowing whistleblowers to tell the truth without going to jail. Since he is a trial lawyer with decades of environmental and pharmaceutical litigation behind him, he knows that in the corporate world, whistleblowers are often rewarded handsomely, but in the government world, they go to jail for espionage. To that end... He proposes to pardon Julian Assange, who has been in jail for about a decade without any real due process. People who dare to tell you the truth in this world today are viewed as criminals, but if telling the truth is the number one plank in your platform, well, you must let people tell it. He has a knack for giving tough answers to the most difficult questions, and his are the answers you just can't talk about in America today. That's why his campaign is such a breath of fresh air, for example, he was interviewed on Tuesday of this week by Mark Stan and the questions of mass shootings, gun control, the Second Amendment. Other such subjects came up. Quote from his interview, quote, the same is true, Mark, with all these shootings. Nobody's looking at the pharmaceutical contribution to that. Anecdotally, it appears that almost every one of those shooters were on SSRIs or some other psychiatric drug. This is only happening in America where all these people are taking these psychiatric drugs. We take four times as many as any other country in the West, the average European country. There's no time in history. I mean, we've always had guns in this country. Switzerland has more guns per capita than we do, and you don't see that happening there. I'm not defending all guns everywhere. I'm just saying something happened prior to the introduction of Prozac. These kinds of shootings were almost unknown, end quote. In my opinion, if this man can gain some traction, suddenly become relevant, he will be a force for both parties to deal with. What are some of the ways our global ruling elite have available to solve problems like those presented by Mr. Kennedy, those caused by an intelligent man committed to the truth who is gaining strength day by day? What are some of the methods? Well, the first choice is money, which I don't believe 
would interest Bobby Kennedy at this point in his life, the second choice is scandal. That's the one we will discuss now because the third choice has already been used on his uncle and his father. He mentioned in his announcement speech that he had so many skeletons in his closet that if they could vote, he would be elected king of the world. That comment caused me to wonder and to do some research. Exactly what did he mean, skeletons in his closet? The Internet gives one access to firstly all information that exists if you have the time and the patience to look for it. I will start the skeletons report by saying that he was 14 years old when his father was murdered. When he was 28, he had an addiction to heroin and had decided to fly to South Dakota where he was going to enroll in a treatment center located in the Black Hills. While on that flight to South Dakota, he was somehow found to have in his possession one-tenth of a gram of heroin, which is a felony in South Dakota. He was arrested, charged, later pleaded guilty to possession since he was a first offender and didn't have enough to resale, he was given probation and 1,500 hours of community service. He completed his stand in rehab, apparently successfully, began community service with the Riverkeeper organization. His work with Riverkeeper led him into environmental law, especially concerning water pollution. His litigation and work on the Hudson River are said to have saved that river and the Hudson Valley along with it in 1982, he married a lady named Emily Black, who bore two of his seven children. In 94, he filed for divorce from Emily and married a lady named Mary Richardson, who was six months pregnant at the time of their marriage. Mary, Mary bore four children for him and had a very tumultuous and difficult life. She had numerous drunk driving arrests, lost her license. She had depressive disorder, suffered from other mental illness, but in her own right, she was a bright, talented woman who was highly regarded as an architect and was a co-founder of the Food Allergy Initiative, the world's largest source of private funding for that research. In 2010, he filed for divorce from Mary, but the divorce did not immediately go through. And in 2012, Mary hanged herself in a barn on their property. In 2014, he married an actress named Cheryl Hines, who has borne him one child? He seems that it seems that there are types of problems that have followed the Kennedys throughout my lifetime. So now I've opened the basement door looking at the skeletons that he has in his closet. Those are the ones I'm aware of anyway. It has been 55 years since Senator Robert F. Kennedy stepped onto the national stage and started winning primaries against a sitting Democrat president. It has therefore been done before, and the country was also in a perilous state at that time. Robert Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy, was one of those who was going to get us out of an unpopular war, help us heal the wounds that caused the deep divide in America, unfortunately. An assassin's bullet ended his campaign and his life today. That hope is back in the form of his son, Robert F. Kennedy, Jr. History, as it turns out, may not repeat itself, but nevertheless, the country today bears a remarkable resemblance to 1968. I argue that the situation internationally is worse today than it was in 68 because the defense budget is so much higher, the control of the media is so much tighter. Now we flirt with nuclear war with Russia and China. Will the people hear him? Will they accept him if they do? Can he heal this great divide? He is probably the only candidate who has a chance to do that. Finally, folks. Just as Bobby Kennedy seems committed to the truth, I endeavor to be also so committed to 
Politicians who are his competition, along with their captive media, will dismiss him as a lunatic, a fraud, a conspiracy nut, on an ego trip, but he's none of those things. He is the real thing. At least it appears that way to me at this moment. I know as well that if we depend on the media to deliver the truth to us, we will never hear the truth. At least that's the way I see it. Until next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.